October 1st, 1974. We begin deep amongst the trees of Mount Elm. The sky began darkening as the soft red, orange, and pink colors of sunset began to transition to a black. A cold mist blankets the surrounding area, reducing one's visibility significantly. A branch snaps underneath the weight of a woman with fiery red hair, pale skin, and fearful brown eyes. She emerges from the mist behind her, breath uneven and her hair matted to the left side of her face by sweat. She wears a pair of jeans, hiking boots, and a white turtleneck with a satchel slung over her right shoulder. In her hands, a small box-like device that thrums with the presence. Her mind races as her legs propel her forwards, occasionally glancing back at her pursuer, hoping that it's still further away. She just needs to cross the river and to get to the other side. It shouldn't be able to follow her through the water. At least, she hopes. God, how long it had been since it escaped. And why was it watching her? She barely managed to avoid it at the entrance, but how did it get out? It shouldn't have been possible. The power was cut and it wouldn't have been able to leave. Unless she remembered, it couldn't go through walls. It didn't have that capability and this mist. How was it generating this mist? The sound of a labored and angry animalistic cry cuts through her thoughts. The mist gets dense and the surrounding trees Mushrooms, moss, and grass begins withering at an alarming rate, but she's almost there. Just 50 more feet. She has to make it. She has to tell someone, anyone. The surface of the lake glistened as she approached its shores. Hope. She was so close. She... And then, she stops running, and her body feels heavier. It happened so quickly. She was so close. So concentrated on getting to that shore that she didn't notice the glint of silver fangs and bright teal eyes from the trees to her right. It went for her throat, dug its teeth into her trachea, and snapped back, cracking her neck, taking what it felt owed. Her bag landed with a thud, and the black box went flying away. Blood splattered on the ground and onto its matted black fur, and it threw her into the forest against a tree where you could hear her skull crack open as blood began to trickle down her fair skin, staining her clothes and dripping into her lifeless brown eyes. Satisfied with its actions, the things retreated into the mist. And just like that, she was gone, snuffed out candle. I am your host for this game, uh, and today I am joined by uh, Amelia playing as Audrey uh, and Kat playing as uh, Fanny. I was, about to you, I was about to call you Stephanie. Um, and uh, we have a uh, new friend joining us uh, by the name of Wes. Uh, if you would uh, like to introduce yourself, uh, uh, Wes, and uh, I, I guess like. I was about to say, I was about to say, tell us how you're, you're, you're our friend. And no, that's more coercion. Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, <laughs> I guess, uh, what, uh, 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 preferred pronoun do you, 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 you like to go by? And then we'll get to your character when we're like actually playing. Hi, my name is Wesley. I use he, him, or they, them pronouns. I play the newest character, Matthew Thomas, also known as Matt. Yeah, uh, I, wow, it's been a time, is all I can say. 
Um, but uh, you might have noticed that we don't have uh, uh, Morgan or Margot uh, in uh, this new season because Margot was, well, not Margot, holy shit, it's happening again. Morgan was busy um, and was uh, with uh, a bunch of school stuff, so she might not be able to join us for, yeah, she won't be able to join us for this mystery, which is sad, but hopefully... Um, maybe later on in, in other things, she might be able to, to, to join as like a guest or something, but, um, yeah, but we will try and, uh, have a relatively fun story. I have most everything planned. It's just, you know, human factor that I can't account for, but I am really excited because I've been working on this for the past like two months. Um. Literally, since we ended the the last mystery, I was like, what else could I do to make these people suffer uh, a, a little bit more before we end? Um, but this uh, last mystery will be our final mystery for uh, Tales of the Loop, uh, at least with these current characters and this current story, if that makes sense. Um, maybe we'll do one-shots. I don't know. I would like to, but that's up to you guys. Anyways... Um, I think that we should probably get into the actual Mitsuri itself. It has been around, uh, if I remember correctly, two months, because we played in July, so it was July, August, September. Yeah, it has been two months since the supposed events that transpired uh, at the, oh, what was it again? It was the abandoned strip mall, yeah. Since the events that occurred at the abandoned strip mall, and uh, if I remember correctly, you guys all you guys were all basically suggested to forget what happened. Um, so technically, what you all remember, at least most of you, is that uh, you solved the janitor mystery, kind of, uh, and barely nothing else. Um, what you do know, though, however, is that Margot, after that whole experience, kind of became a lot more shut in. Um, she still, she, she still goes to school, obviously, but uh, you notice that uh, one day while uh, um, you, uh, Audrey, actually in particular, were walking uh, to school, that there was a uh, moving truck in front of her uh, house on her driveway, and it looked like she only she was moving her stuff into the uh, actual truck itself. Um, you still see, like... Uh, Officer Miller and uh, her mother Carmen in the house, but it looks like Margot might have gone to a different school. You're not sure. Um, but it's been two months since the that incident, and you've started to get back into school. Um, and I'm gonna kind of ask you guys like, uh, how how has the beginning of school like been for you all? Because um, currently, uh, and you should probably notice, currently it's like, it, yeah, so we're in September, um, like around the week of the 13th-ish, uh, and school started around a month ago. So how is like the transition from summer to going back into the swing of things, I guess, uh, looked like for each of you? I mean, like, I'll go. Um, let the other two think. Uh, uh, Adri, Adrian has... Uh... Had an okay going back to school. Uh, they're uh, a little bit stressed about high school um, and all that fun stuff. But hey, they have a year. They're fine. They're 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 dealing with it. It's fine. Um, very much attached to their their new book bag, um, and are it still con steadily consuming books at a rapid rate. Keeping keeping their head down. Just kind of vibing. Their mom, I believe their mom has, like, a new job, right? Fun times. And, uh, Adri's little sister, um, is, uh, now in, now in, now with the big kids in the fifth grade. So that's always fun. Oh, yeah. Forgot about Anna. Yeah, Anna is in fifth grade now. That's weird. If you kill Anna, I will cry. No one can die in this game. It's the second game where people can start dying. Oh, okay. No one can die in this game. That's right. Good. Okay, you. Um, okay, I guess I'll go. I think Fanny would kind of do what happened last school year, which is basically gravitate towards more of the popular kids again and kind of forget about Adri. Like, not forget about her, but, like, definitely try and keep distance in the school building itself. But, um, 
outside or like after school she would hang out with them but definitely would be like kind of like a weird secret friendship mm-hmm. which Andrew <laughs> just like does like does not understand to like not in like a i'm offended why are you not being my friend at school but in just like just does not notice and like it's not like they have a ton of friends to go like tattling to so it's fine yeah and on top of it i'm assuming because of who uh wes's character is wes's character would be a part of that group of people who she would hang out with yeah, so in that case, uh, Wes, would you like to, yeah, uh, Wes, would you like to uh, introduce yourself and th- describe a little bit of, of your, your character? Matt stands almost five foot six, making him one of the tallest in his class. He grew up with the school's athletic coach as a neighbor, so he's well-versed in all things sports. He even has his own pair of boxing gloves, which he brings with him almost everywhere. Despite being a total jock, Matt is a kind person at heart and tries his best to treat everyone with respect. Since his mother is a nurse and his father is a fireman, Matt knows the importance of working for the community and taking care of those in need. But from an outward view, Matt's just a guy who's average at school and really passionate about the football team. Uh, yeah, so it is... Um, so you've been back to school and kind of getting uh, used to, to, you know, literally everything happening. And at one point, um, you all get this... Uh, essentially letter to bring back to your parents to go like as a permission to go in a field trip because uh, you remember hearing of uh, a very uh, kind of important week uh, that a lot of the upperclassmen talk about especially the eighth graders um, where essentially for seven days you were sent on a camping trip um, to uh, Camp Dorado up on uh, Mount Elm. Camp Dorado is a relatively large summer camp up on Mount Elm, built on the eastern side of Misty Lake, and is a popular location for active kids as they offer a variety of activities such as horseback riding, archery, hiking, kayaking, fishing, and many more. The camp has generally been a safe location for children, but last year's events regarding the Hernandez family death have made some parents reluctant to send their children to the mountains for fear of something happening to them. This has put the camp in a financial predicament as they rely on the money from parents to stay afloat. And this is the reason why this year has kind of been a little bit more tense is uh, because of last year's events regarding the Hernandez family deaths, um, which I think we went over in our session zero um, for, the, uh, for the audience. We had a session zero kind of explaining a lot of what uh, the plots were going to be this um, this mystery, so everyone's kind of caught up and no, and like not left in the dark. But um, essentially, there was a family, the Hernandez family, who were killed up on, uh, who were found dead up on Mount Elm, uh, with the mother Jennifer Hernandez, uh, who was later identified to be a physicist working for DART, uh, confirmed to be working for DART, was partially eaten, uh, and no one's figured out how that happened and a lot of people were very concerned of sending their kids up to camp dorado now uh, because of that potential um threat of like you know kids not being safe so they've lost they've been losing a a, a lot of money um fanny you actually are probably more aware of this um because your father is currently looking into ways of investing um into camp dorado to get more people to basically you know come to the town and this this has also been a like part of his restoration type of project because uh, another interesting development is that the old abandoned strip mall has actually been torn down um, and currently they are rebuilding um, a bunch of living facilities there to expand the uh, east no western side of town um, to have like more of like the apartment buildings there for more people to move in and stuff like that and then are also planning on on building a another playground there but um lots of recent developments are going on and you were given this note essentially to like have your parents sign like you can come to camp dorado and stuff like that uh for the week so you'll be going from the week of uh september throughout the week of september 13th all the way into uh, Sunday, September 19th, a full seven days and yeah, seven, seven days and six nights, uh, away from town. Um, so that being said, what does, does each of you bring to the camp? Like, what do you guys pack or, or like to do, uh, with you? 
Um, alright, I, uh, do we, do, should we just, like, explain what we're packing? Yeah. Cool. Uh, I'm bringing a flashlight with, like, seven sets of extra batteries, um, cause I'm paranoid. Uh, I'm bringing my notebook, um, (laughs) I'm bringing, you know, my pens and pencils and stuff, all the stuff that's typically in my, in my book bag. Uh, I'm also bringing my book bag, though I have obtained waterproofing and I have spent an afternoon beforehand waterproofing it so it kind of smells a little bit off right now it's a good time uh my mother makes me bring the two-way pager uh which i concede to because of course and then of course i bring all of the normal stuff i bring a sleeping bag and i bring um a sweatshirt and sweatpants and i bring um like a swimsuit and i bring um sneakers and hiking boots and you know water bottle hat etc all the fun stuff that you actually need um but yeah um i'm already uh, very nervous because i have done my research and i know that shit's weird and people keep dying that are attached to the loop which is fun <laughs> um so yeah i'm i'm very nervous but i'm willing to play along because you know rituals and you know gotta do the thing so you do the high school our GPSs are like a freaking like the, the the GPS like phone things. Are they a thing yet? Oh, they most likely exist. Yeah, you know, like the satellite phones, but like instead of it just instead of it a phone, it's like just like a GPS. I know what I'm talking about, but I don't have the words. Anyway, those are like those are like '90s. But would we have access to that? No, you you wouldn't because those were more like nineties ish than they were eighties. Like it's it sucks obviously because like they have fucking metal dogs that just run at you and they can't have a GPS. <laughs> That's a good point. You have you make an excellent point. Oh, you know what else I want to pack? I want to bring a uh, like a guidebook to like local plants and animals, um, so I know what's like you know poisonous and stuff. And also, if there's animals around that is mysterious and spooky, the fuck are they? Anyway, continue. Um, I guess I'll go next, because I have a couple ideas. I'm gonna also do, you know, the whole sleeping bag, kit and caboodle, don't know if we- no, we don't need tents. Um, probably, like, a pillow or something. Um, but I also want to bring a first aid kit and a compass, just in case. We get lost. And, uh, definitely gonna, you know, swimsuit. I'm also probably gonna pack, like, some kind of raincoat poncho thing. Um, ooh, maybe, maybe, like, a headlamp. Would we have that? It's too small. Never mind. Yeah, I have a big, I have a big flashlight. I back out of that. Ooh, maybe some rope. Why'd you need a rope? Okay. (laughs) 50 feet of rope. Yeah, we're gonna use rope trick rules on this. (laughs) some ball bearing. Can I cheese it and get a frying pan? No. They would have that there. They would have the frying pans there. You don't need to bring one. <clears throat> yep, I know. Just just hoping. Yeah, I know what you're going for, Rapunzel. I know. Um, I would also bring my diary and, like, a pencil. That would definitely be something that I would bring. I don't know. I think that's it. Alrighty. Matt, I guess. Matthew, I guess it's you then. What, what's, what's, what, what sports boy gonna bring? In his backpack, Matt brought his favorite boxing gloves, some running shoes, a flashlight but no extra batteries because he doesn't have the planning for that, a swimsuit, his sleeping bag, some extra clothes, a baseball cap, a water bottle, a first aid kit that his mom insisted he bring, some matches, a raincoat, a head-mounted flashlight, and a towel. I hate- I- Sorry, I just, I hate the idea that he's, like, one of those people that if he, if, I'm so glad he doesn't have access to Instagram, because I could honestly see him being, like, the, <laughs> the, like, rising grind type of person. <laughs> God, insufferable. Yeah. Um, can I tack on a magazine to my thing? Just because I know she'd probably want that. Okay, yeah, that's fine. It's honestly what you would bring. Yeah, so, uh, is that the list of... Oh, and Adri also... Oh? Yeah. Adri has, um, has the third book in the So You Want to Be a Wizard series, because she's chewing through those at a rate that is terrifying. Oh yeah, because the third book, the release. I still find it funny that we somehow lined up Ghostbusters releasing while you were talking about ghosts. So funny. So funny. Ultimate comedy. 
<laughs> it just works. Okay, um, yeah, so uh, you get all your stuff packed, and uh, I'm assuming that most of you load up on the bus that takes you from the school down, uh, uh, down, not down, well, up towards the, uh, towards Mount Elm, unless, you know, someone with a a car and like 50,000 butlers. Okay, I refuse. Cool. So you want to bring a butler with you? <laughs> yes. I refuse. But I will offer probably, mm, do I offer Matthew? We're not that close. I'd probably offer Audrey first. So I guess, Audrey, do you want to, um, you know, come in my car instead of riding that stinky bus? You're, you have a, you, you have a car? Uh, you're driving up? Well, technically, I'm not driving. It's one of the butlers. But yes, I'm getting driven there because I don't want to be on a gross bus. Uh, okay. Sure. Um, uh, yeah, I guess that's that's fine as long as um, the teachers aren't going to think, think I'm missing or anything thing like that. No, I'm pretty sure they already know that I wasn't going to get on that bus. But yeah. Okay. Sounds good, I guess. Yeah, it's like during World Call, one of the teachers is just like, uh, okay, cool, Audrey's there, uh, uh, all, all the kids are there. Like, they're doing half of their job, they're mostly just trying to corral kids. So, like, as, as long as they know, like, the defining trait of a child, they're like, okay, he's here, we're fine. <laughs> yeah, so Audrey and um, Fanny get in the car, and uh, Matt gets in the bus, the, the grimy icky bus the magic school bus and uh you all take a one a hour-long drive uh up onto camp dorado which um the road like so you know how when we entered uh and this is literally only for can amelia i feel so bad for your wife because you don't know this but uh remember when we, we entered the 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 like area where we're camping and like the road would just suddenly get really bad oh yeah mm-hmm like, there wasn't a transition, it just got bad. Like, yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. It just was, like, dirt. <laughs> it's just ever so suddenly, just dirt. Yeah, so as you're driving up, you, you, eventually, you um, eventually take, like, a left, and it's after you take the left, you, like, feel your, your, like, you feel the wheels go off pavement, and it just, it's just, like, rocks and gravel and, like, dirt going up on a hill. Um, so it's not fun, and as that happens, um, and you're, like, going up on the hill, you, it's, like, another maybe 30 minutes or so, and eventually, you all manage to, uh, arrive, um, you and, uh, Adrian and, um, Fanny, actually, you guys get there, like, a couple minutes early, but eventually, the bus pulls up, and you all arrive at the beautiful Camp Dorado. So Camp Dorado, aka Camp Golden, is a name that you heard been thrown around by the big kids for uh, two years now. The camp itself is bigger than you would have imagined and is surrounded by large tree with one particularly large elm tree to the north of the camp's borders where you can see a strange makeshift theater built around the base of a tree. To your right, you see a large bathhouse and dense forest. Continuing down the road and taking a left, you see a large field elevated on the hill with some goalposts and bench and large and a large red-colored barn and two corrals southeast of the campgrounds. Straight ahead, you see campsites composed of elevated platforms of set with large tents spaced evenly. There are two cabins and one bathhouse next to the campsites and uh, to the west of a large building. Uh, with shrink paper lanterns, uh, which is the like arts and craft, uh, arts and crafts building, you now see a larger communal building at the center of the camp, and down the hill uh, from where like the the main building is, west towards the uh, Shining Lake, uh, also known as I think it was Camp Mist, like Misty Lake. I'm pretty sure um, you see a uh, if I'm correct, you do not actually. Um, you see like a large uh like wooden platform basically kind of like a uh, not a kind of a pier i guess um not sure what those are called like the the docks that go out into the water um it's just docks never mind um and uh you also see a volleyball court and like a bunch of racks full of kayaks and oars um and like a bar like uh, a barn that you think also houses a bunch of other materials and you also see what looks like a speedboat so that might be interesting 
but you are dropped, your each dropped off. Commit crime. <laughs> Let's go commit crime, baby. Um, so you are each uh, kind of deposited in your respective areas um, with, uh, yeah, in your respective areas. And you're essentially uh, told by the teachers that you are mainly allowed to roam free for um, most of the uh, afternoon. At around four o'clock, they're going to call everyone back up so that you can all have uh, dinner around six, um, and then just like do a bunch of like those getting to know each other activities we did. Um, and at around eight, um, they're going to you're going to be going uh, down to the theater area to uh, have a, uh, a camp sing along and roast marshmallows on on under a campfire. <gasps> yeah, yeah, you feel me? You feel me? I'm bringing back all of our pain. <laughs> I, why? Because uh, it's fun. But essentially, you are, uh, your uh, tents are located at the uh, bottom left section of the, what's it called, of the camp near the arts and craft building. So you, you can basically choose uh, any place there. You see a lot of the students are kind of like already partnering up with their friends and stuff like that and going in. Um, Fanny, you are reached out by the popular kids. Um, one in particular, uh, Jessica is like, Fanny, Fanny, you should come hang out with us. Me and Belinda are going to, uh, the tent nearest the art, the fine art, like the arts and craft center. You should, you should come with us. Alrighty. <laughs> kind of sounding fake about it, but yeah, <laughs> she'll go. Alright, oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah, they do not pick up on it. They're basically, like, friends with you because of the money, which I think you already do, but, um... Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're uh, taken um, to that general area, kind of leaving Audrey a bit alone, like, that. because that, that's the thing. Oh, yeah. Audrey is, uh, concerned, to put it lightly. Uh, very concerned. <laughs> Audrey does not like the fact that there is no library and no uh, places that are not outdoors. Please, I am not outdoors. I cannot run. What do you mean there's no indoor space I can read? Yeah, literally. Um, yeah, uh, but eventually, like, uh, you, Audrey, are kind of taken in by, like, the... I don't want to say the bookish nerds, but basically the bookish nerds who had nowhere else to go. Oh, the bookish nerds, absolutely. Uh, that's that's where I gravitate towards. Yeah, so you guys, so you, you kind of take uh, one of the, like, the, the tents, um, uh, like, on the elevated platform, and um, uh, Matt, I'm assuming that you would be going with, like, your, your uh, football boys. I would do voices for them, but I don't want to because I absolutely despise having to play football men. <laughs> but I will get to them at one point. You just need to get sound bites of Riley. Yeah. Yeah, let me record Riley. Yeah, I'm probably, like, we're probably all pretty excited. Like, we probably want to go find, like, the best spots to, like, put our sleeping bags or whatever. Like, get all set up. And so we're all going to try and, like, pick spots together. Because, I don't know, that's what people do when they're popular, I think. I'm not popular. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're like, we're going to pick all the best spots and then all the other losers can go somewhere else. Um, yeah. So, yeah. You probably... Because there's, there, there's some kind of field there, so you'd probably want to be closest to the field. Yeah, probably. Um, so yeah, we're all going to do that, and then, I don't know, we're all just probably going to go, like, wandering together. And most of the guys are just going to be kind of annoyed at the fact that their girls keep, like, obsessing about how, like, gross it is, because it's, like, dirty and outside. And we'll just, like, <laughs> like get over yourselves. <laughs> nice. Nice. Alrighty. Alrighty. Not me feeling attacked. Wow. Um, yeah, so... Audrey has, Audrey has attempted to find the driest tent area, like, the driest teepee tent area, whatever it's called, lean-to thing. Yeah, because it's, yeah, because it's, cause, yeah, because um, it's, it's essentially a tent, because Cat explained it, it's like a tent on an elevated platform, essentially, with, like, a, like built-in places where you can put your sleeping bags and stuff like that, but for the most part, it's just empty, so, like, you... You, like, bring your stuff there, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'd also like to note that I am near near the main building. I want to be nearest to things. I do not want to have to walk long places. And the main building also houses the mess hall, right? Like, where we eat dinner and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. It's actually indoors, so, like, double plus. <laughs> yeah, they're... They, they weren't... They, when they said... They know what they're doing sometimes, even though they're losing money. But, like, you know, we don't talk about that. Um... 
<laughs> so, uh... It'll be our little secret. Yeah, so, um, so... What do you guys do uh, until you uh, have to go to the... Because you essentially have... Um, right now it's like one. So you basically have until like eight to do to do anything. Because at four they're going to be doing the... Like get to know your activities. And then at six it's dinner. And then you have like an hour before you go to the campfire sing-along. Um, <clears throat> I feel like the popular girls would probably feel like... Oh my goodness, it's so hot up here. We should go swimming. That is scarily accurate. I hate that. That is awful. <laughs> scarily accurate. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. So Fanny, so Fanny goes swimming before the uh, Fanny and the popular girls. That sounds like Je- like a riff off of Je- uh, Jeb and the Holograms. Um, Fanny and the popular girls go uh, go swimming uh, until they have to do the uh, get to know you activities. Um, I'm assuming that Matt and the boys, as people would say. Matt and the boys. Um, Matt and the boys uh, go uh, play on the field or like, uh, I-, I don't know, what, what what would you do? I feel like we'd probably play around on the field for a bit and then realize that all the girls went swimming and be like, you know, it'd be really funny if we like went in there and just started splashing all of them because that's what boys do. Why are you so accurate to an eight-year-old boys? <laughs> teenage boys so why not (laughs) and so they probably like all yeah they probably all like went and got their swimsuits on and then like ran out to just like cause mayhem with the girls mayhem and anarchy i'm scared guys this maybe this hits this hits like my middle school days way too way too close like all my nightmares just all the boxes ticked off yeah, Matt also definitely splashed one girl in the face and, like, got it in her eyes and then felt really bad about it. Oh, baby. You big sweetheart. Wow, we have a considerate jock. No. Oh, tell me why I feel like... Tell me why I feel like Fanny going into the water and, like, touches... Like, you know how you touch seaweed and you don't see it and you just start freaking out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I. That's what I envision Fanny doing because she's so used to like a swimming pool. So she's like, "Oh, a lake. I guess that's primitive in a way." Like she puts her, her feet in the water and like just something touched me. Yeah, basically, it's like there's something in there and I ain't going back. Probably running up to some one of the boys once they come, and be like, "There's something touched me. No, no, not doing it. I'm not doing it." Uh, what does Audrey do? Uh. First things first, Adri's getting her hands on a map. I assume this place has a map of, like, the camp. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's one of the things you find in your uh, tent, actually, is, like, a map of the camp and all the places you can go do activities and stuff like that. And, like, a general, like, layout of what you can do. Like, it's basically the, the, the map that they, they had plastered everywhere at um, that place. I don't even remember what it's called anymore. Yep, I understand. Nope, I got you. Um, so then I'm gonna copy it into my notebook. Copy? Or, like, tape it, if I, like, brought tape, but I didn't. So it's just gonna be, like, there's gonna be, like, a copy I drew, and then there's gonna be a copy, like, and then I'm gonna put it in my notebook, and, uh, we're gonna have a good time with that. And then I'm gonna just read my book and try not- and try to ignore the sound of nature. The hills are alive with the sound of silence. Yeah, I'm going to try to forget that I am in nature now for seven days. <laughs> seven days. Just get used to it. Uh, yeah, so uh, you all partake in your activities until uh, dinner time is announced. Um, it's a dinner. It's literally just pizza and like a, like half-baked, well, not half-baked brownies, but like a combination of store-bought brownies and also brownies that like someone homemade that people ate immediately. So you're kind of forced to just eat the store brought the store brought bought ones, and you kind of do the, the getting to, the getting to know each other activities. There's uh you know that thing where like we have to hug each other through like strengths of like triangles. Oh, spider's web. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that's yeah that's that's basically we're, uh, literally just going back to Swift House. That's that's the whole entire experience. Adric is so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's like just pick up children and throw them on the other side so that and hope that someone catches them. <laughs> It was so scary being the last one because, like, you were just there. People were like, "If you mess this up, I swear to God." It was awful. 
That was like the most terrifying thing in the world. Uh, that, yeah, I feel like there's, mm, I feel like. Do you remember this, the, the sitting one where you have to like sit on each other's lap and somehow gravity makes it so that you don't fall? Ew. Ugh. Gross. That was all oh, the was big gloomy. circle. Yep. Uncomfort, especially if you didn't know the well, you didn't know the other people half the time. So like, I hope I sit next to a friend. Like, please, God, anyone. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a setting circle. Um, there's also like a variation of never have I ever, except very boring. Um, there's a, a a bit of a like scavenger hunt and all that fun stuff, and then uh, eventually you get to the. Uh, the fun stuff at the, uh, the, the night's activities. And after you're kind of released back to your rooms, you see that a, uh, you see this, uh, fairly, t- uh, built, um, relatively tall, uh, what looks to be a camp counselor, kind of, um, looks like a, a teenager who has, like, the short brown hair and blue eyes and, like, ivory skin wearing a backwards, like, green cap, um, with a gray Camp Dorado t-shirt, which is, a, like, with the logo, which is essentially a rising sun, like, above a, like, generic drawing of a camp, basically, like a tent, on a gray shirt, and he has, like, a set of keys kind of, like, like, chained onto, like, one of his, like, belt loops. He's, like, 6'2", so literally taller than all of you. Um, very muscular, looks like he plays football, um, <laughs> Matt, and... Uh, he, <laughs> and he walks up to, like, the, the general group of you, leading you guys down to the theater area. It's like, okay, so your teachers told me to bring you down here. Uh, apparently you're all supposed to be doing some sort of, like, campfire sing-along thing, I don't know. Uh, just be careful. Uh, there will be a fire, so you're going to be expected to behave around that. No running around the stage. Uh, that thing is not stable enough for multiple people, maybe like 10 maximum. Uh, you will be roasting marshmallows somewhere I hear. There might be some s'mores going on, so just in general, be careful. Uh, and if any of you, uh, need bug repellent, I have some. We have some in the main building, in the nurse's office too, so if you need some of that before you go, just grab some. Um, but you you can find all your teachers down there, and you can see that a lot of the kids are kind of shuffling down uh, towards where like the like entrance on the t- like top left of the uh, like map is down to the theater area. And as you guys uh, go down there, you see that there is a uh, large fire already built. Uh, well, like yeah, there's a large fire starting to be built. Um, it hasn't been uh, light up yet. You see a table full of like bags of marshmallows, graham crackers, uh, chocolate, um, like Hershey's bars and like rice, uh, Reese's Pieces, I have to say Rice Krispies, like, that's gross, and Reese's uh, uh, Pieces just kind of on the table with like skewers, and uh, you see on the stage there is a like small chair for uh, what you presume to be like some sort of singer or something, um, and your teachers are just kind of like trying to corral everyone and make sure that no one, you know, jumps into the fire that's going to start, basically, because uh, they don't need a liability. <laughs> they don't need to be sued. But uh, I guess this is, actually, this is actually pretty good. What do you guys envision, like, the general area of this? Like, how do you guys envision the night going by? Like, what 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 do you think would be played, I guess? Like, give me, give me some, some fun descriptions. Oh, we absolutely do all of the, all of our skits. Like all the, the really stupid ones. <laughs> the really stupid ones. You know, like Pebbles and uh freaking uh the um Oh, what time is it? That's a funny one. Invisible bench. What's the other one? The one where they're just like looking up at something? What you're looking at? I don't remember that one. I do remember one that I could not re- like I didn't get the meaning because it was just like someone saying my milkshake things at a voice yard and that's it. That was like the eighth grade <laughs> skit and I was like, Wow, we really are smart. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, uh, maybe we do candles, um, but that seems like more of like a last night thing, so maybe we don't do candles now. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah, I feel like the sketch makes sense. I feel like sing-alongs and like roasting marshmallows also makes sense, which by the way, I did do research on what songs would be played, mm-hmm. and I listened to some of them, and they suck. Wonderwall? Who the <laughs> hell wrote that? <laughs> who wants to see- who wants to sing Wonderwall at a fucking camping trip? That's stupid. I'm sorry. Like, I it's I don't get I don't get it. Like one of the songs was on um, the 
the do you, do you guys have the kookaburra song? Mm-hmm. Kookaburra sits in the old gum tree. Yep. Merry, merry king of the bush as he laughed. Kookaburra. Yep. Uh-huh. I know. I got it. Yeah, that, uh, my, my search history is forever ruined because of that song. I, oh boy. And it was like the preschool version too. <laughs> it was like the preschool version with all those images. But, um, they, I will say they do play, uh, uh, they do force participation because everyone wants to have fun um and they do like sing uh at, at one point like towards the end they do uh they do have someone on acoustic guitar actually one of your homeroom teachers um if i can find the name thank you very much uh one of your homeroom teachers i'm gonna say because i have it pulled up i kind of want to say edward harrison because that'd be your homeroom teacher uh fanny this essentially i i I could be wrong, but but what do you what do you env- envision him looking like? Because I get like strong Mister Glass slash like Mister Hunt vibes. Yes, just just that vibe, like very sports oriented, very like um yeah, sports and like music oriented teacher. That's who I would kind of call. Like I feel so out of context. You guys keep referencing things I don't know. So Mister Hunt was my middle school homeroom teacher. He was this pretty tall guy, black hair, always wore a button-up and a tie, slacks, and, like, I think he probably wore sneakers every day, because he would, like, want to run home, I believe. So, like, you know how he's, like, very, like, sports-oriented, you know what I mean? Just, yeah, that kind of teacher, you know what I mean? But they they teach other subjects, not, like, gym. Edward, Edward Harrison, so he sings, uh, he gets everyone to sing Lean On Me, which is what Wes... Uh, uh, heard when I was first, when he was first coming on, but um, guess I've a sing lean on me. You roast some marshmallows. You kind of end off the night like on this slightly somberish mood, and then your teachers kind of give this like speech of we hope you have a fun time here. We know like things will be going rough. We just want to like make sure that you get to know each other and like get to really like being like eighth graders because this is the last time we're gonna see you all, and we're so proud of like everything you're gonna be doing this year and stuff like that. Um, really sappy basically. Um, except it's not graduation, so you're not allowed to cry yet. But, uh, <laughs> um, um, after you finish that, and, uh, uh, you all kind of, like, um, Fanny, you and your popular girls are kind of, like, talking to each other, some of them are like that, like, are kind of, like, not really into it, but they're okay with what's been happening. And I'm assuming you're kind of, like, tuning out of some of the conversations, like, faking interest in some of them. Um, especially like once they started talking about like just boys in general, you see a couple of them are eyeing Matt and his football friends and like, they're just kind of standing there being boys. Um, and, uh, you kind of see like in a corner of your eye, Fanny is, but not Fanny, Audrey is like desperately trying to get away and like outside of, you know, bugs and everything else. Um, and actually, um, Fanny, well, actually, uh, Audrey, um, and yeah, Audrey, you you uh, kind of are like trying to maneuver, maneuver maneuver your way around people. I'm assuming. And when you do that, you kind of glance over at Fanny. You guys kind of catch each other's eyes, um, and you see Fanny's face goes slack for a split second. You like you see her eyes kind of glisten a little bit, and she starts to slump forward. Fanny. When you make contact with Fanny, uh, not Fanny, <laughs> when you make contact with yourself, when you make contact with Audrey, um, you feel cold and your body begins to get heavy and your eyes begin to feel heavy as you start to suddenly, uh, as you start to get up and are suddenly overcome with a weight of something familiar. It's like, it's like you've almost experienced it before. Your limbs become numb and you start to feel yourself lose balance as your world is enveloped in a swath of black. Your eyes flutter open and you see the trees around you sway to an invisible force. To your right is a tattered bag resting five feet away from a worried-looking hand on the forest floor. The leaves rustle and branches snap as something darts between the foliage. A blanket of mist crashes over you as two teal-blue fiery eyes erupt in the space in front of you and rush towards your face before vanishing. The scene changes and you see the face of a distraught and gaunt-looking man with rusty red hair, black-rimmed square glasses, and sunken brown eyes. A young woman with wavy brown hair and a yellow ribbon with a soft, placid, almost sleep-like expression. A young man with tan skin, 
messy long black hair, beard stubbles, and a frantic expression eyes you directly. His mouth moves to speak but conveys no message. Finally, you see a tall, slender-looking woman with pale skin and brown hair and a ponytail, wearing flared white pants and with a pink, sleeveless blouse. She carries an air of calmness and lament that feels familiar, but in a flash, it all goes away. You feel yourself get violently pulled back into your own body, your eyes flying open as you start to realize that you were falling. And as you come back to, you hear the faintest voice in your head whisper in some desperation, open the door. When you come back to yourself, you, it feels like you basically are like running face first into a wall. Um, and Matt and Audrey, you guys see that like as Fanny is talking, is like listening to the, uh, the girls around her talk and kind of talking with them. She just like fully stops moving and you just see her start leaning forward and she looks like she's just about to fall. I mean, Matt has some basic, you know, like medical training. His mom is a nurse, knows some medical stuff. He'd probably just like, you know, he's heard of like seizures. <laughs> His mom has probably described them to him. And so he probably just like automatically assumes that like Fanny is having a seizure. He has no idea what it actually looks like. <laughs> so he's like, I know what to do. <laughs> I mean, not wrong. Yeah, but she just, like, falls for Like, she looks like she's about to hit the ground, basically. She yeah, no, Matt's just going to assume the worst. All right, uh, yeah. Do you, like, zoom over? Yeah, he definitely, like, jumps up. Audrey is going to uh, look for any suspicious, any suspicious boyos around us. That's a great question, Audrey. Um, it doesn't look like, so it's dark right now. Um, but it doesn't look like, you know, the dog basically it doesn't look like there's anything. Um, but it just, you, you know, from experience that odd, like Fanny's things aren't really explained. Um, and is, is, is Fanny having a vision? Am I aware? You, yeah. Cool. I'm gonna, uh, just, yep. Just gonna move towards Fanny and be like, Hey, Hey, um, Fanny, it's, it's Audrey. Come on. Tell me what you see. Because uh, she... How long was I out for? Like, not responsive. Like, a second? Or, like... You were out for a minute. Ah. So you're probably going to be doing that for a minute. Did, it, like, everyone notice? Or is, like, no one really paid attention? Like, everyone... Like, ev- like, ev- like everyone noticed. The girls kind of, like... The, like, most everyone noticed. The teachers are, like, are, are kind of coming over and, like, picking you up and bringing you to their... <laughs> And bringing you to the nurse's um, office. Yeah, she'll like nod, because <laughs> that's like all she really can do right now. I'm assuming. I mouth at uh, Fanny. Come see me. Come see me when you're done. Uh, Matt, can you? Uh, and I'm just making sure this is correct because I'm not sure if this is an actual skill. But can you roll me a? <laughs> can you roll me a comprehend? Actually, actually, no. Can you roll me an empathize? That makes a lot more sense. I was gonna say, I think it might be more of an empathize to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. If I remember how to do it right, yeah. Um, and you need to you need to pass the threshold of one. You need one success. Uh, empathize. So that's I have a lot for empathize. Okay. I have seven. <laughs> but so many. Uh, yeah, I got three successes. Four. I got four successes. Dang. Okay. Uh, so because we're using... So fun... Hi, audience. You should know about this. So we're going to be using a feature uh, that we've been a- avoiding for a long time called buying effects. So basically, for every uh, roll you get above like the threshold, you can buy an effect later on. Um, so Matt, you have... Uh, you got... One, so you needed one success, you had four. Uh, so you can buy three effects for uh, something related to mind. So have fun with that. Um, I would mark that down somewhere. Um, and then hopefully the list the list should be able to help you, but I will try to make that more cohesive next time. But um, you pick up immediately that uh, this isn't the first time that this has happened to Fanny. And Audrey and Fanny seem m- more distressed about it than one should be regularly like if it's a medical condition yeah it makes sense but this is like a silent conversation between people who know each other way too well and especially considering like they're where they are considered and 
middle school society, as one would say, um, that's questionable. Mm-hmm. Okay, Matt's definitely not going to say anything like in front of all the teachers. You know, his number one priority at the moment is making sure that Fanny is safe. But he definitely is going to like table that for the next time he can catch her alone. Yeah, definitely. If I'm being 100% honest, with the way that adults work in this world, they probably would have just, like, left her to rest, and you, if you wanted to stay, you could, and just, like, sit there, but that's up to you. Yeah, I was gonna say, maybe one of them, maybe one of them's gonna, like, stay for a while, or just, like, once the nurse is, is like, there, he's gonna be like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna go check up on the other kids, but I'll be back, and stuff like that, um, but, like, it's, like, it's mainly just the nurse coming in once in a while to check up on you and make sure you're okay, and then, like, people can come in as, uh, to, like, talk to you if you want, so I'm, I'm assuming if Matt wants to, it's possible, and then if Audrey also wants to, it's possible. Yeah, so you basically are, like, able, yeah, so you're basically, able, you are able to talk to Fanny if, if in the, like, nurse's office if you want to. Yeah, definitely. He's gonna, like, make sure that, you know, the nurse isn't, like, actively listening. And be like, hey, um, so, <laughs> judging from your reaction, that's not the first time that this has happened, um... Is, do you do you have like some kind of medical condition? Like my mom is a nurse, you know. I know a little bit about medical stuff. Um, yeah, are you okay? Um, I wouldn't say it's medical per se. It's just kind of something that started to develop a couple months ago. It's kind of new, but not super new. Have you seen a doctor about it? Um, no. But there's a reason for that. This is definitely confusing Matt quite a bit. His whole life is just doctors, so. If I tell you, you cannot speak a word of this to anyone else. You hear me? Okay. Yeah. Uh, this past summer, I uh, just kind of hung out with some very different people. Just to try and, you know, talk to some different people. And, uh... Mm, that's why you know Audrey. That's correct. I don't know how you knew that, but alrighty. You guys were, like, having a moment after your moment. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that to me. Um, anywho. Uh, <clears throat> uh, hmm. How do I explain this without sounding crazy? You can't. Yeah, I really can't. Um, basically, it's kind of like a fainting spell accompanied by a vision of something that I shouldn't be privy to. So, like, this summer I had a friend named Dennis who we just thought moved away, but in actuality, he kind of died. Or at least... Would Matt know anything about Dennis slash Dennis dying? Oh, yeah. You you know about the reports, because that went around town. Yeah. Uh, And so I kind of saw that happening before it was like you know in the papers or before his family told us which is not something i should know so like like you're like a psychic sure except i don't get to control when i see things or what i see so you don't get like any warning like there's no like quick like warning you can be like somebody catch me you know no Mm, that's unfortunate it is you should sit down more often, just for your own safety. <laughs> I can't perpetually be sitting down, though. I, I do need to walk around. Yeah, it is kind of a problem. It, it is. Um, but yes, it's not something that I would say I'm proud of. It just kind of ended up happening to me. I mean, accompanied with that whole situation, there was, you know, like, finding... Oh, wait. Do I actually know that? How much do I know, Reuben? About Dennis being dead, because that whole thing got kind of, you know... Yeah, you know only, like, the fact that he's dead, and that's basically it. Because you, cause you know he's dead, you saw his body, but besides that, you literally don't remember what else you did with that. Yeah, I really don't remember what's, what's happened. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I really don't remember... Yeah, do you know that you don't remember, or are you just, like, completely unaware that, like... Like, do you feel like something... This is not me asking, like, this is, like... Wes asking, yeah, yeah. like, do does does your character like, like, 
know there should be a memory there or it's just like they don't even realize? I don't know, Ruben. I think it's you don't realize until like something specific makes you feel like this is deja vu, if that makes sense. Well, well, we're talking about this. And so she's thinking like, you know, oh, you know, I saw Dennis dead. But like what happened to Dennis? I feel like I remember Dennis. I am confused. Like this would this would be a spark. You know what I mean? There's definitely a, yeah, there's definitely a moment of like, why can't I remember anything else besides that point? Because you, 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 you remember at some point hearing him talk, but you don't know why that's prominent. Roll me a d6. Just, just one. Yeah, just one. Oh, goodness. A two. You remember talking to Dennis, but you don't know why that's important. Some, like, you know you had a conversation with him at one point, but you can't, you cannot remember why you feel like that needs to be there. It's like, it's very much like your, your, like your visions in the sense that it's just a fog. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's all a bit hazy, honestly, which just kind of happens with this whole thing. I can't see, like, well, first of all, it's not really me seeing anything. It's kind of like I just kind of get a view of what I get. And it, it, it's very confusing. Like, um, this time I saw eyes and I saw a lot of people and I also saw some kind of bag and a really creepy hand and I was in the woods. So like, that's really vague, you know, I, I have no idea why. And I couldn't tell you what triggered it. Cause again, it's just kind of random. And, uh, <laughs> definitely don't like it happening because again it just kind of makes me faint randomly um yeah well my my mama told me that you know you're sometimes when people like have uh, things going wrong in their head it can like get all mixed up so i understand it's probably really confusing yeah just a just a wee bit mm. matt definitely like he definitely, he believes that you believe all the things you see, <laughs> mm-hmm. but like he also is kind of just like you know sometimes people like get hit in the head a little too hard and then things get a little mixed up, mm-hmm. and so he's definitely kind of like you know on the fence about this whole thing, but is like you know definitely definitely like cares about you like you know it does clearly he believes that something is happening, just doesn't know exactly what yeah. Uh, yeah, I would, I would go into explain, like, the other visions she's had in the past, but it would make no sense and just make things more confusing. Yeah, no, he's probably just gonna be like, yeah, you should, you should definitely, like, get some rest and, like, sleep. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, alright, so then, um, in that case, what do you, what do you guys go off to, to do? Like, everyone's kind of going back to their tents at the moment. I mean, I would assume that... I would probably just, like, sleep off, and I'd probably end up having to sleep in the nurse's office because they're afraid that I had some head trauma. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you can sleep in the nurse's office, and then, and then Matt, I'm assuming you walk back to your tent? Yeah, probably. And I'll probably, like, I'll probably make the plan of, like, I'm going to go check on Fanny after my morning run before everyone else gets up, you know, to make sure that she's okay. Um, yeah, so you go off to sleep in your uh, tent with all your rowdy boys while Fanny sleeps in the nurse's office because they're afraid that she's not vibing. Um, and as you guys are falling asleep for the night, um, Fanny... Oh no. <laughs> you could never catch a break. You, those, those same memories, like th- that same vision kind of like cycles through your head. Um, not like as a vision, but like just a nightmare, um, really. But what's interesting about this time is that the more, like, you're more aware of what's happening, and it's terrifying because on some level, you know, none of it can hurt you. But there are some times where, like, like the mist condenses into just like an ocean, and like you have to force yourself to think that you're basically not like that you're not drowning, and you're like you're hyper aware that yeah it's a dream but it's also like it's affecting you if that makes sense like you're letting it affect you and at one point you just feel this do not say breath no not breath you just feel this like immense helplessness just everywhere and 
in particular, it off on the west side of the of the the lake, just that in general forest area, you feel nothing. It's not even like numb nothing. It's just anything that should exist there is gone. And what's terrifying about that is like as you're slipping in and out of consciousness, you feel that while you're awake. And it's not necessarily your vision telling you, like, showing you something. You just know nothing here is right. And you being here is a potential trigger for why a lot of things are happening to you. In fact, it dawns on you that the only reason your visions have been happening is because something, like, is ha- something big is happening. And part of you real and part of you is just like so then why here why now out of all out of all places why is it worse here it's weird because as you think back to what you heard and like it's still kind of in the the threshold of nine-ish like it's i want to say it's around like like one or so um and as you kind of think back of that while laying on your bed you you're kind of freaked out a bit because you think to yourself what does it sound like Marco. And that's where we're going to end tonight's session.